0: This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to
1: noon Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156. Yo, what's going on, Busted Open Nation? And thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Busted Open Podcast. Today, the Fat and the Furious returns with Bully Ray, myself, and Tommy Dreamer. Talking about Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam and Jack Perry face to face Rob Van Dam sticking up for ECW we're getting a match next week how did the whole segment go me and Dreamer will break it down for you MJF and Adam Cole the chess game continues who's going to turn on who is anybody going to turn on each other all I know is it's hella entertaining Tommy will give you his thoughts also Hikaru Shida, your new AEW Women's Champion for the second time. But was it a knee-jerk reaction to put them in the main event? All this and so much more right here on the Busted Open Podcast. Rob Van Dam, AEW, face-to-face with Jack Perry. What did you think of the entire segment?
2: Uh, I liked it. I liked it for a lot of reasons. One, there was a lot of speculation about it. You know, all week you kind of put, uh, gasoline on the fire. Uh, and then with you not being at after dark, a lot of people thought it was you. Um, my name kept getting thrown up there and Rob Van Dam's name get thrown up there a lot. Um, I like it because this is, you know, you and I always talk about personal stories, personal stories, are the easiest and best way to, you know, create a buzz slash create a money angle for somebody. You and I both know how much that FTW title really does mean to Taz. Um, it was a long time ago, and it meant everything to him, and it was he wasn't the champion, so he basically created his own title, the FTW title. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was about him being a rebel, him doing what he wants, because Taz the character was an amazing character in, in, in the original ECW. Um, if you remember, then we also had the smoking. Uh, I think Steve Austin did something similar uh, with it in WWE. with The his smoking
1: own. skull championship yeah. belt.
2: And uh, it just represented, you know, a different time. Uh, again, nobody had done something like that. You know, there was the angle back in the day where I remember Adrian Adonis created his own NWA belt because he said he was the NWA champion, you know, but. Taz was unique, different. It was his colors. It was his title. Um, Brought it back to AEW, and, you know, his son had it. Uh, Jack Perry took it away. It got personal when Jerry Lynn came out. Jerry and Rob have a, a very, very unique relationship where they were bonded by their great matches that they had. They really, two linked together as some of the most greatest Um influential uh next level matches that you'd ever have seen and and i recommend everyone going on peacock or you know through youtube watching those matches because they were next level um last week we had jerry lynn interrupt jack perry this week jerry and jerry was never a great promo guy i mean that wasn't his fourth you know his, his forte correct that he was a great wrestler man he showed some personality and as well as in the back, you know, Jerry has a great personality, but he wasn't ever really to translate that over the air. Last night, I thought his promo was very, very Jerry Lynn-esque, and I love Jerry. Um, it got the people to respond, and he told the real story of, I wish I could come down there, uh, but I can't. Jerry's had a lot of surgeries. Um, Jerry's also retired. I was there for his last match, and you know, I've seen Jerry through the years or still speak to him, and He is. He's, you know, banged up from pro wrestling. He still looks great. And Jerry was older than both you and I when he was in ECW. And he was one of those guys never to make it anywhere until ECW hits. And he was always one of those really, really good workers because size, your height, was a real big tell for, you know, guys making in the industry. I'm glad he did. Deserves all the success he ever had because then after that, he went to TNA and he's had a, you know, he's had a great career. Rob coming out, my biggest thing. Rob coming out to walk, and I, you know, Tony Khan. Those, he he tweeted out there that he was there to see Jerry Lynn and Rob Van Dam in a stretcher match. It was also Chris Jericho's last match. He has Jericho and Rob Van Dam in the same locker room. His father had taken him in that show when he was thirteen. By the way, who was the main event, Tony Khan, um, of that show? Thank you very much. So, um, you were. It was the doctor is in? It was uh, me and Doc versus uh, Raven and Brian. Anyway, um, no, no, I'm sorry, Raven and uh, or Brian and Taz. Taz was involved in the match. I remember that. Tommy, um, I have
1: um, I have a picture of Devon cracking a steel chair over my head, and Tony Khan standing up in the audience, holding up a Jericho sign, wearing a Taz shirt. Punk ass little twelve year old kid. Tremendous.
2: Thirteen, um, he would have kicked Man. your ass. Still will. Um, Tony,
1: Tony would kick my ass.
2: Yeah, true.
1: Love it. Let's Still fight, will. Tony.
2: Um, Jerry basically talking for Rob was very, very good. Rob coming out to walk made me feel not only nostalgic, but you know our body of work. I always will say, live forever, and it's proof because if you look at that audience, it was a younger generation. Yes, we're playing Pantera. But that song, for a lot of people, brings back a lot of great memories. And you saw everybody singing at the right parts. Even when Rob Van Dam hits his Rob Van Dam, we all kept hitting it. Would have liked to have seen maybe a little something else than what they did. But just seeing Rob, you know, on a, on a main stage is awesome to see. Hearing a building Chan, ECW, having people into it. Jack Perry leaving, coming back, missing because they got, did get the woo Um, so, and then next week, you know, the match has been made through a Rob Van Dam challenge. Uh, I think they summed it up nice. They put a nice little, it was a great surprise for a 200th episode. It was a nice button that they put on the end and then, Hey, you're going to see this for two Oh one. And I expect it to be a great match. I mean, you and I have both wrestled Rob so many times, both early in our careers and later in our lives. Um,
1: Wait, I got to stop you a second. You said you think it's going to be a great match, and then you followed up with the both of us have wrestled Rob so many times. I know what my chemistry was like with Rob, and me and Rob had a very, very snug relationship in the ring, a very aggressive relationship in the ring, a very competitive relationship in the ring. I know how – you." how would you describe your relationship in the ring with Rob
2: I mean in the ring we would he would bring it did you have uh,
1: chemistry with Rob
2: off the charts I, mean,
1: I, I, ha- I I have a method to my madness here so you had chemistry with Rob I had chemistry with Rob but did you have chemistry with Rob on night one
2: um I believe I did yes okay. I'm a great Rob.
1: Yes, you're a great wrestler, Tommy. You're a tremendous slouch. I mean, tremendous talent. Um, that was from Caddyshack. Um, I don't remember having the sit that that tremendous chemistry with Rob Night One because if you remember, Rob's kicks are live rounds. They yeah, are. Think- he's very physical. Are you anticipating a great Rob Van Dam esque match? from Rob and Jack knowing that this is two completely different styles. And if Rob catches Jack with a live round, I would venture to say that Jack has never, ever felt that level of physicality before.
2: When I put a tweet out there uh, that Jack Perry has no clue what he's about to go through. um, I said it last night. I had several times on my head o t and a c and that c was for atomics because he couldn't get the entire atomics on my forehead um listen man and for those who
1: don't know atomics was the label on the bottom of van damme's shoe so he would kick us so hard in the face that he would actually leave an imprint of the brand name atomics on our heads
2: the best part about rob too you could all Most people don't realize how tough Rob Van Dam is, how thick Rob Van Dam is, how tall Rob Van Dam is. Um, He's, like I said uh, last night, he's changed the wrestling industry. He changed that style. Um, He was just different, unique, one of a kind is is a great uh, analogy for Rob Van Dam. I don't know. Um, I don't ever say Rob was dangerous. Rob, you know, what? and he would do things like, different like it was a competition even sometimes how he would pin you he would forcibly put both his shoulder his hands on your shoulders and almost do like a split to make you kick out because if not he was going to win um but no i love wrestling rob van dam always have always will uh i i do think it's going to be an interesting match i mean listen there was a lot of doubters about what people said about mjf He can only talk. He answered all those calls. Jack Perry has had some really good matches in AEW. He's had some great matches in AEW. This is going to be, it's different when you're a heel and it's different when you're, you know, every opponent. It's funny. I was talking with Tony Atlas last night and he was like the greatest NWA champion ever was Harley Race because he could adapt to everybody's style and have a great match with them as opposed to other champions where you had to have their match. And he was like, Harley would adapt to everything. And that's what made him, you know, one of the greatest world champions of all times. And, you know, Tony has wrestled a lot of, you know, former world champions. Um, Back to Jack Perry and Rob Van Dam. They will have, you know, FTW rules. What is it? It's basically ECW rules. Anything's going to happen. Rob will still take some of his Rob bumps. And Jack will benefit from this the end of the day this entire thing will should be set up for hook and hooks return this is former ufc champion chris weidman do you want to feel what it's like to get in the octagon with me right now we are bringing the hardest hitting mma talk on the planet to your podcast feeds with won't back down a Sirius
0: XM podcast. Every Monday, I'm speaking my mind and taking you inside combat sports like no one else. Every tap, every snap, and whatever else is on my mind. Download Won't Back Down
2: right now on SiriusXM, Stitcher, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast Won't Back Down.
0: There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are in France, which means Tubi is more popular than cigarettes for breakfast. It's more popular than considering iced coffee a total abomination. More popular than loving political revolutions. More popular than mer and mer somehow being different words. To be, it's more popular than being French. See you in there. For 25 years,
1: Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. <laughs>
0: Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The
1: entire segment last night between MJF and Adam Cole. Let's talk about it. Cole, um, MJF comes out and cuts what seems to be an uber babyface promo talks about his add issues how rough it was coming up as a child physically and mentally also said he's still a scumbag talks about how much he loves the fans Puts them over. Everybody seemed to be on the same page last night when it came for the love of MJF. What did you think of MJF's promo? And do you think he was laying it on too thick?
2: I enjoyed his promo for a lot of different reasons. Obviously, this is a real story that has affected him his entire life. Um, Then also the explanation Obviously, he's either done some research or he's gone through some therapy of how he deals or copes with some things. And we've even, you know, if this is a thing, uh, you know, hell, him and his girlfriend or fiance broke up. It's another thing that he has to deal with um, kind of for what he was talking about. Um, This is very personal to him. He has opened up with a friendship. I mean, we've seen different layers of this with their friendship sitting there playing a video game where it's like, you've never played a video game with somebody else, like, and like you know, shows that this kid has been a loner his whole life. I, I really enjoyed it. There's a lot of different layers and kind of like what they did with the bloodline. Uh, verbally, they've taken us on a nice little journey. And there's also through words. That whole time, I'm like, man, he's going to screw him. Man, he's going to screw him. And then when Adam Cole comes out, I'm saying to myself, it immediately turned. And I said, Adam Cole's going to screw MJF.
1: Mm. And I was like,
2: I started getting Shawn Michaels vibes from Adam Cole, who he's always reminded me of. But like Shawn Michaels, when Shawn Michaels was the baddest dick around. And I was like, Sean, this is going to be Sean 101. And I'm getting this. I'm getting when, you know, Sean wasn't willing to work with people. When Sean, you know, he he's going to, like, with the whole DX uh, Steve Austin thing, he's going to be this vicious heel. It's going to be Adam Cole's turn. And then the more MJF kept saying, like, I'm still a scumbag. I'm still the devil. Uh You know, it's kind of like, well, yeah, you are. For some reason, we're liking you. Uh, It took us back and forth, back and forth. And then, you know, once he gave him that, that final, well, I'm not giving you the match. It was like, oh, I'm giving you the match. We heard a nice little breakdown of the whole promo. The only thing where it's still, and I love it because he, you know, MJF led the people on the sign it, sign it. Adam Cole signed the contract without reading it. Uh, Me and Andre had spoke about it last night on After Dark, where it was, he he, MJF has always put people through different phases before they get to this match. Uh, Or there's, you know, who knows what stipulation. I don't know what stipulation could be to be against Adam Cole. So it's an interesting, interesting way. I was joking and said, like, if you lose, I get your girlfriend. Um, but I don't think you could do that in 2023. Um, oh my God. That means he gets Brit, and that she
1: comes with a world of heat right now.
2: Well, then it's two, two forms of heat. Um,
1: (laughs) you hear all the words now. Oh my God. I can't believe he said that. It's a fucking joke. People, uh,
2: Kind kind of, I enjoyed the whole segment. I enjoyed everything that they did. It was, uh, it was really good. And at the end, you know, Roderick. Strong stewing, stewing, stewing. He's so, so mad. He's so upset. And I also enjoyed a nice little layer with Taven and Bennett showing up to uh, Roddy's aid because I'm a big fan of both those guys. So you never know where this is going to take us. A couple
1: of things that you said that I would like to expand upon. I just threw you a softball. I would like to expand upon
2: like your okay. waist <laughs>
1: you didn't take it okay um you mentioned sean michaels and i believe one of the comments or critiques that we've heard about adam cole over the past couple of years is man if he was just a little taller he could be the next sean michaels and we always talk about his stature I think the world of Adam Cole as a performer, do I think he could use a little bit more size? Yeah, sure. I do. For the same reasons why MJF put on more size. Um, I love the, I believe you're suggesting almost a double turn, correct?
2: Possible. Yes. All right.
1: But for a double turn to work, well, well, let me backtrack. Not no. I, what I was,
2: hang on. Let me just back up. Yep. I was saying I didn't know who was going to turn. That was the ride they took me on. You know, if you go to the classic double turn of Brett Austin, that was done great because you need a, a there. They're both baby faces. So it's not like a double turn. Um, I just like I did not know who was going to screw the other. And the fact that they kept saying, like, oh, I was going to screw you over. It it was, that's
1: why I was asking if MJF laid it on too thick. Like I almost would have liked to have seen Max just take it down a notch. I thought he did a phenomenal job, but maybe just take it down a notch. Like when he's talking about his ADD and people are chanting for ADD or he was encouraging the chance for ADD. It almost feels like a chess match as to who is going to screw who.
2: The other part of all that, too, if you really do think about it, him being this over-the-top rah-rah babyface really is what helped get him to become a babyface. And there's nobody else that can do that. Like, if you came out today, if if a babyface came out today doing that stuff, they'd boo him out of the building. But because he's been so bad, it's that charm. I mean, simple as the double clothesline—how they got that over—it's so simple, but it's the old. It's so cheesy that the audience wanted to see it. You know, uh, listen, this is business.
1: It's all about money at this stage of the game, Tommy, with AEW about to go into Wembley with MJF and Adam Cole, baby, uh, main eventing. Is MJF worth more to the company as a babyface or a heel?
2: I I, I, brought, I talk about this a little bit last night. I don't know if this was the plan, but obviously it got over. And then you have to continue to run with it um, in the sense of, like, here's MJF, here's Adam Cole. Our t-shirts did insane business. Us together it is getting over, you know, good ratings, all that stuff. I think in the long run, MJF being a heel still works. But, I mean, honestly, the people are, are have gravitated towards him uh, immensely. And if you're still big, AEW, if... I told you this, like AEW changed my mind a lot about booking heel babyface. And I was, you know, you said it before, I'm a wrestling traditionalist. Uh, and then I also think about straight up John Cena. John Cena was pushed to be the baby face, and at times they were booing him out of the building and always put in those babyface situations. And yes, WWE is a totally different animal than AEW. Um WWE made sure that John Cena was always at least pushed as that baby face. The fans may have not accepted it uh, until they eventually did with MJF. They just kind of go with, with if he was went to go get heat last night, not the right time because of, you know, the match that they're advertising. And I did love your idea of not advertising any matches because of this pl- place that they're at uh, ticket wise. It would be something totally different and something they could hang their hats on forever if they didn't advertise one match and they set the all-time attendance record and it it's going to be a big card uh if you know they did the 200th right i can't be, can't wait to see what they do at wembley with the two of them and to answer your question I, I have no answer for it and i'm not riding the fence it's because something is currently working in the long term mjf being your heel yes if I'm going long term, because I have that other guy named CM Punk, who was your other champion that never lost his title. And now he's flaunting it. And I also think a CM Punk MJF match, they've had an amazing feud. They had an amazing dog collar match, is big money as well. And it would be bigger. It, it's bigger money than if you had Adam Cole versus a CM Punk.
1: I wonder how the Busted Open Nation feels about this. And they did a great job answering our first question or giving their opinions on our first question about RVD nation. Would you rather cheer MJF right now? Or would you rather boo him? Do you love them or do you hate them? Do you,
2: or do you love to hate them?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's what they've, That's what they've been doing. I think they love to hate MJF. And this is why I've been telling people for the longest time that MJF is not a heel. I don't believe in the term love to hate because if you're loving me in any way, shape or form, that means you can't be hating me. And that comes from a character that can elicit more pure heat. And you know this, Tommy. Than just about anybody on the planet, and that's Bully Ray. Nobody sits in the crowd and cheers me because if you're cheering me, I might, not, I must not be doing my job the right way. Um, I think people love to hate MJF. That's why they actually love him more than they hate him. And I'd like to know what the nation, um, how the nation feels about that. And, and please be honest and, and, and back it up as to why you love him or, or, or why you hate him. But then conversely, Tommy, Adam Cole, who did a great job at NXT as a heel, but they love him here in AEW. Do you think people love MJF enough right now that if they did a double turn, they're ready and willing to hate Adam Cole.
2: It's, uh, I was last night. <laughs> you was- you hated Adam Cole last
1: night. Or oh, you were, you were just about to invest in him so much that if he would have done anything
2: to max, you would have hated him. If he would have turned on him last night, I was like, man, he's going to do it. He's going to turn on him now. Just there was, I got, I got the Shawn Michaels vibe uh, and, you know, it, it's, I know how I would turn him if I want to do. And I, and I, but I also do think he's a great baby face. And I, you Bobby, know, if, if Adam
1: Cole were to turn on MJF, and the last thing we saw Adam do to MJF to really Really, twist that knife, and to pour salt in that wound. What if he threw a roll of quarters at him?
2: <laughs> my. Oh my
1: God, I, I wish people could see what was going on right now. Tell the people, Tom. Oh
2: God, I said it last night. There needs to be a heel that beats the living crap out of MJF. And he needs to get a roll of quarters and he needs to throw a bunch of quarters on him, especially after that story. Did we and talk I did literally, was did saying, we talk
1: about this? No, we did not. No,
2: I hate you. Um, wow. I can't believe you said that. I was going to text it while just to show you. Um, I said, like, if he knocked him out with a punch and then he like he went into his pocket, knocked him out with a punch. And then poured all those quarters all over him. He doesn't say the racial slur that was thrown at Max when he was a kid.
1: Max should bring it up. That's what happened to him as a kid.
2: But you don't need to say that on television. Correct. I agree with that. The quarters are enough because even, you know, Max and his promo talked about, you know, I, I can still feel or hear how those, you know, quarters hit me. And and then, you know, listen, I learned about triggers and, and how people, that stuff really affects them. And uh, that will be one way to really, really make you the most hated mf'er in the world and make Max the biggest baby face in the world. Those- but it's a heavy thing. It's a heavy thing. Uh, me, when you do that, and this is... I have a massive, massive issue with social media and wrestlers. If you do something that heinous, I don't want to see you posting pictures with your girlfriend. I don't want to see you posting pictures of It's a Beautiful Day. I want you to be the biggest asshole in the world because that's what got MJF to the dance in such a rapid speed.
1: Tommy, could you imagine if Adam Cole were to beat MJF and MJF is laid out, unconscious. And Adam Cole was standing over him with the AEW World Heavyweight Championship over his shoulder and then reaches down into his tights and pulls out that roll of quarters and empties that roll of quarters out into his hand and just gently rains those roll of quarters all over MJF's body. Those are the moments we always talk about.
2: If that happened at Wembley or even if Britt came down and Britt was, you know, there's an injury and Britt's there to attend to her man and Britt hands him the quarters, he wins with that. I mean, that's how uh, Kurt Henning beat um, Nick Bachwinkle with the quarters. Larry Zbysko handed to him and then uh, you pour him all over him. Oh, that's heat.
1: That's, oh my (laughs) God. Jerk I was just about to say that's heat That's a
2: riot in the UK
1: (laughs) That's how you generate Heat folks and What I liked about MJF bringing up that Incident that happened to him Is he didn't put it at the End of the promo as if He wanted you to remember that The most it was in the body Of the promo where it Almost kind of gets lost But why are you laughing again
2: Let's continue
1: It was in the body of the promo, but it being in the body of the promo made me remember it so much. That's the point that hit home. Yep. When I was in third grade, I got bullied so bad by this guy, Larry Danziger. And he got like five other kids to try to beat me up on the basketball court. And it was because I was a wrestling fan. And I picked up one of these kids and I slammed them down on the the basketball court so hard that despite that I got jumped by a bunch of other guys, I'm the one who's got detention or suspended for like a week. That's the first time I realized my strength and what I could actually do to somebody if I ever grabbed them. And I basically gave them a German suplex or what I thought was a German suplex on the on the on the basketball court. Now, I have no idea why I just told that story, but MJF talking about the role of quarters reminded triggered me to that story on the basketball court in third grade.
0: Hi, everybody. Christopher Mad Dog Russo here. Familiar? You should be. Well, now you can catch Mad Dog's Daily Bite each day as a podcast, where you'll hear my thoughts and opinions on the biggest topics around the world of sports. NFL, baseball, golf, NBA, even the hockey. That you know you can count on. That's Mad Dog's Daily Bite. Drops daily anywhere you get your podcasts. And you can also hear me weekdays 3 to 6 Eastern on Mad Dog Unleashed, Sirius XM Channel 82, or anytime on the
1: SXM app. Tommy last week on dynamite after the Taya Valkyrie Britt Baker match there was a sign in the crowd that Tony that uh AEW spent about a second or two too long on i think the sign said book the women's division better or something like that And LaGreca brought up on the show last week that AEW always puts their women's match on at like 9.20 or 9.23, which I guess is this really bad spot or horrible time for the show. Not quite sure, but he wasn't speaking pleasantly about like the time. Seems like a lot of people on social media, very frustrated with the booking of the women's division. Um, Frustrated with who is featured every week in the women's division and who might not be featured every week in the women's division or how the women's championship has been handled or how certain groups or factions within the women's division have been handled. Lots of backlash in general. We all know that Tony Khan, owner of AEW, spends a lot of time on social media. He seems to have read and heard the backlash. Last night, we get Hikaru Shida versus Tony Storm in the main event of Dynamite. And we now have a new women's champion in Hikaru Shida. Tommy, I'm just going to say this right off the bat, and then I'm going to dish it off to you. I have not been a fan of the way AEW has booked Tony Storm. Not when she was the interim champion and during this championship run. In my opinion, she has been very much a back burner champion a champion who's kind of gotten lost in the shuffle of the group that she was involved with, with, I, I just don't remember that name off the top of my head. What was the name of the group, Tommy? Do you know?
2: She's with uh Soraya and Ruby.
1: Yeah. I know the two girls, but I don't remember the name of the group.
2: Uh, green, green group,
1: the green group. Right. Green gals. And last night we saw Tony. Outcast. Huh?
2: Outcasts.
1: Yeah. Outcast killers. Outcasts. So last night, what? <laughs> Continue. Um, so once again, Tony is not our champion. Hakaroshida is our champion. And that's that. What do you think of the match? What do you think about the women's division? Overall, what's your breakdown of everything that I just said?
2: Uh, that there's a lot. Let's go to the match first. The match I did enjoy the match. I thought both women worked very, very hard. Uh, it was a great. And result um, overall, I really enjoyed the 200th episode uh, of AEW Dynamite. I thought it was a great smorgasbord slash buffet of everything pro wrestling, which, uh, as you know, I like buffets. Um, back to the match. I enjoyed the different layers of the girls interfering. Sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't. Um, and now we have a new holy Sheeta moment where she's the new AEW champion. Uh, women's champion. When it comes to your other questions about Tony Storm, I think she's a an excellent work. I don't know that there's so many different variables and I know
1: Wait, Tommy, am I I'm I'm just I, I'm a Tony Storm fan. Me too. Um am I too much of a Tony Storm fan because of her look? But do you see this normally we see the same things in everybody. Am I giving her too much credit? Do I think should, should they have pulled the trigger last night?
2: I think last night, it doesn't matter who was your champion last night, I think was, uh, was a great moment. And, you know, we always talk about the moments, no matter who your champion was at that time. Um, if it was your, you know, I, I just think it was a great moment. Obviously you couldn't, I mean, they have done it, but you can't really have your TNT title defended on TBS. Um, I like a lot of Tony storm's work. Um, I like, I like Sheeta's work. I like how they did it. I like the match. I thought last night was a, was a great place for the women to be in the main event, which, you know, that you're talking about that one clip, uh, it did pretty much go viral of uh, that picture of people like talking about it. Um, I think there was overly excessive backlash from a match that had really one spot how dare people make a mistake in a match um and you know we saw the ramifications of it because you know taya talked about it on her social media and that kind of went viral as well um there's so many different layers that i think people need to realize one real life how are people backstage what's going on blah 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 those are things that people don't take into account. Again, I don't know anything about, I don't work there. Um, but that is one thing Two, um, <clears throat> If you're going with somebody who is trying to capture his audience or, or that audience, like, and then, or is like always looking at ratings, all that stuff, then it's like, okay, well, let's see where they rate. If it is, and I'm talking by they, if it's women, if the women are rated lower, then you have to be like, okay, um, I have to do better, or no matter what I'm doing, it's not um, it's not working. Hopefully, that women's match will you will see the ratings will continue to rise, because that's what you want. If you see drop off anywhere, and I mean severe drop off, and it's towards the la- the main event, then you you know, and the, you have proof, and I mean people are very very ratings. Um, obsessed if the ratings continue to go up well i'm going to put those people in the right spots you know there's a place and a time for everyone and it's so hard to do it i thought overall and that's this is kind of like when i have the pencil and hey this is how we lay the show out i always want the show yes to peak and i want this my show to be the best. It's, you know, if I could relate to baseball, I'm putting my best players on the field. And okay, but I can't have somebody, if I'm uh, ratings obsessed, I can't have somebody batting cleanup if they have a low batting average. I have to move that person. It's a big thing when, oh my gosh, you know, this person's in a slump and they just moved this other player into four and now he's hitting six. <gasps> oh my God, the baseball wrestling rumor mill is going to go berserk. That really does that happens, but it really doesn't happen as it does with social media because we're so obsessed with you know professional wrestling. <clears throat> um all these different factors do factor in a key to where you go. I hope uh last night's show, like I said, did a great rating because I thought it was a great show and but then you have to look at it from the from the business end of it as well if you're you like how the show flow. I always, I've asked when Tony's come on, like, Hey man, I have this match in this match. Why the hell would you put this match there? And now I call it Tony brain to him. And I, I, I said this last night when it was the, uh, Aussie open versus Vikenyo and commander. I was like, after all of this, why are they putting this match here? And then I saw the match. And I was like, holy crap, this is great. And not great by like, you know, pure wrestling uh, tag team stand- standards. Excitement standards. It was exciting. I couldn't believe the double teams I was seeing by both guys. And I'm a massive fan of Aussie Open. And I am now sold on Viqueño and uh, Commander. I friggin' loved the stuff they were holding hands doing a springboard moonsault off you know to the floor i was like this is i've never seen stuff like that
1: well i mean i think you're being a little too kind because we did that in 2002 we did the Correct. hold hands springboard
2: no i was salt. an ecw that was oh yeah,
1: yeah yeah my bad my bad
2: um so These are things that even I question and I do help write a television show and the ratings have been going up. And when I do see these things, I've asked not to see them because one week, Hey, your highest rated segment is here and it's this person. And okay, well we're going to feature that person. And the next week you put on the same show. And then the next week, that person uh, is the lowest rated segment. So that's why I don't give it much merit. Uh, What I do give merit for is hard work, a great story, and progression and I thought last night's show had it uh and you know we're talking about these women I thought it was a great button to the end of a great show it was a great exclamation point it was a nice moment and if I am talking about moments last night AEW got me a lot of moments and at the end I got a title change and the two women worked very very hard and now we have a, a new champion and you can own that shirt. holy sheeta
1: holy sheeta Tommy, can you give me your Cliff Notes definition of what hot shot booking booking is in pro wrestling?
2: Hot shot booking would be, I switch the title every two weeks. Hot shot booking is um, turns hot shot booking is crazy ass uh, brawl and a, a cliffhanger that really doesn't need it there's a lot of things it's it's usually hot shot is based out of desperation knee-jerk reaction correct based on the
1: backlash that was being rained down on aew last white last week because of the women's match in the women's division do you believe last night tony putting the women in the main event and switching the championship only one week later was hot shot booking
2: I thought it was the right place for the backlash of the, of the match, whether you'd switch the title or not. Like I said, that could, I, I would have switched the title or any title last night. Like I said, as a great button for a great show, because, you know, if you look at, you know, your first, your opening tag match with Jericho and Takshida versus Garcia and Sammy, you have a continuation for what just happened. It was a cliffhanger, but then you need the explanation where you're in the back because you, hey, we're having a JS meeting next week and you got to be there. Right then and there, if I'm Chris Jericho, I'm like, who the hell are you, Daddy Magic, to talk to me? Jericho sold the whole thing, great. Um, but you can't have that last because of the business you have to do on the tail end. So when you're piecing out all these different things, I thought it was pieced out great. I really do. That's fine.
1: I just, I felt, and if, and if hot shot booking is a little too strong of a term, I thought that putting the women in the main, not that I'm saying the women don't deserve to be in the main event, And not that I don't think that that match was a main event level match, I thought it was a knee-jerk reaction to the backlash from last week because we haven't seen the women in the main event uh, of Dynamite for a while now, and but we have seen them put in that nine twenty spot for a while to the point where people would be joking around on social media, going up oh, nine twenty 920 or nine twenty three, whatever it is, time for the women's match. I did think it was a bit of a knee-jerk reaction. But I do agree with you that it was a good button on what was an exciting show. Uh,
2: Yep. Go ahead. Double things. Like I know the women have main evented on yes. On rampage. Um, And I understand where you want it. I got to throw this at you because this is, and this is also for the nation. You're running a company, you're running a business, you're running, you know, a team. You want to field your best team out there. If let's say your ratings go down during that match. If the owner said the ratings went down in that match, I was right, or the, you know, won't see women in the main event for quite some time. Think of that backlash. Uh, there's backlash right now with the Colts owner and his star running back because of different things. I mean, it's it's a trending topic. Um so well that that
1: but, but then that
2: would have been a but knee if,
1: jerk reaction if if the radio No, but go- I'm
2: saying if if it does if the and the, and the owner says this and he's proven right, you're going to have the backlash of how dare you say that. And it, it's just something to think about before you make a tweet, before you make a comment. Um I thought last night was a great booked show and it it was a perfect place to put the women if it was based out of backlash great it was it was great and it helped benefit if it goes now tomorrow today when you see the end result then you could be like huh but do you think it was the best segment on the
1: show last night if you Uh, had the pencil and you were booking that show what would you have put on last night because i don't you're not i know you would not be putting on the women last
2: on paper no that was a cold match
0: correct but it worked Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today.